At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke. Presented by Bet Rivers. Okay, folks. Welcome into another edition of the Chicago City Cast. Presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host here as always talking all things Chicago with our little betting twist analysis and fan reaction from yours truly. Tons to cover throughout this episode. The Bulls have not only a game tonight, but we've got some interesting debate on whom they may bring onto the roster to add to this depleted team. But when they get healthy, can also be a nice support through their playoff run. We'll recap their game yesterday. We'll talk some Bears in the second part of this episode. And uh, yeah, we'll probably save some more football talk for the later episodes in this week. And of course, if you want more coverage for the big game, check out my show Rush Hour on VEASAN, the sports betting network, Monday through Friday. 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, wherever you get your podcasts available, Fubo TV, Sling TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, and the Marquee Sports Network, along with VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. But let's kick things off recapping this Bulls and Sixers game last night. So I was actually at the game. Uh, my girlfriend and I went, and she was looking for the shout-out here, and I was going to give her one anyways, but lucky me, I was able to draw her into betting. It's kind of inevitable when you date someone such as myself to where uh, damn near 
you know, a majority of my life revolves around betting, whatever it may be, even when the NFL season is done. So I almost had to get her to be interested in it. And lo and behold, she's starting to bet. She's got the account and she's just been winning for the most part. So we went to the game. You know, I'm telling her what to bet before we bet the total going over 220, 221, right around there. It went over pretty comfortably. And then she was doing some live betting and um, safe to say she had a pretty good day. I think she went like four or five and oh, because then we live bet the Mavericks game against the Hawks. So she's loving it now. So I got to give her a shout out to that. She had a hell of a day uh, betting yesterday. It was fun for us. Good atmosphere. Solid game. You got to see DeRozan drop 45. You saw him be drop 40. The MVP hopeful. But at the end of the day, they didn't get the job done. Is it disappointing? Yes. Is it surprising? No, but it, it just stunk because you gave Levine and Kobe White the night off on Friday with the assumption that that was probably because they could go on Sunday. Now, I'm not, you know, going to mope about it. I mean, obviously, you want them to be healthy, and this one little game isn't going to make a difference per se with much. You would hope not. But that is the thought process. And you want to see a top team like Philadelphia come into your home place on a weekend game after they've already embarrassed you twice and have at least relatively a healthy enough roster to finally get that win. So it really was just a bummer that Levine couldn't go and even Kobe White because this team was atrocious off the bench. They could get nothing. I mean, DeRozan was helpless out there besides Bootstrop in 23. And Io had a pretty decent game. I'd like to see him attack the rim a little bit more so. He's got a lot of talent and he's smart, right? He's decisive with what he wants to do. So you can't knock him too much for that. But along with that, though, too, the Bulls could not hit their three-pointers. I mean, it was abysmal. And speaking of abysmal, when you look up that word in the dictionary, you know whose face pops up next to it as of late? Matt freaking Thomas. This guy is horrendous. And for some reason, because I'm tweeting about him just being awful these past couple of games, because let's be honest, he's got one job out there. And that's to make three-pointers, not three-pointers. Make your jumpers wherever the hell you're shooting them from. He can't do that as of late. He can't. He's in a slump. That's okay to say that. And it's okay to say he is not performing well and that he's not providing valuable minutes. But some people, I guess, are like, yo, you got to relax. Like, he's fine. No, you know what? He's not. He played 34 minutes yesterday, 2 of 10 from the floor, 1 of 7 from beyond the arc. 1 of 7, 2 of 10. In a game with a team that you have to show up to be the scorer almost, right? Because no one else is helping out considering you have some other lethal weapons that are going to be missing this game. So this is your time to shine and actually take those shots but make the most of it. Yo, okay, well, come on, Danny. That's recency bias, right? I mean, he had one bad game. Well, no. How about we look at the last eight games? That's right, the last eight games for Mr. Matt Thomas. 11 of 36 from the floor in that eight-game span. 7 of 26... From three-point land. So 11 to 36 from the floor. That puts him at a great old 30%. 7 to 26 from beyond the arc for Matt Thomas. His specialty, right? 27% the last eight games. I have had enough of Matt Thomas. Dude, if you can't hit more than one three a game, especially when you're taking upwards of seven attempts, get the hell out of here. He can help bring the ball up. So what? Give more minutes to Troy Brown Jr. Give more minutes to Io DeSumo. And I know they're getting minutes regardless, it's just so damn frustrating seeing Matt Thomas, the guy who literally is just supposed to be a pure shooter out there, a Kyle Korver type of dude, and he can't do squat. That's infuriating. If he could have made at least 
three three-pointers, this game could have been a lot more competitive. And it did have its competitive instances, and that was a lot to the help of Vooch. Not necessarily defensively. I mean, you can only do so much against Embiid, and we know Vooch isn't the best defender. But he was playing his ass off yesterday and did well on the offensive side, dropping 23. DeRozan, 45. Nobody is helping the guy. Jeez. So it's not great. Because you wanted to see them at relatively full strength, meaning at least Zach Levine. Because if they have Zach Levine in that game, I have no doubt that they can win that game. And it's just annoying because we as Bulls fans know the potential this team has. And we want to see it now. And we want to see it against the top teams. We didn't get it yesterday. And we're not going to get it tonight for the Bulls as they take on the best team in the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. Terrible spot for Chicago. Situationally, everything. I mean, the Suns are on a heater. The Bulls are banged up. They're on the second leg of a back-to-back -back against a team that they lost to and who is great. And they're still injured with Levine and Kobe by the time I'm recording this. I do not know the status of them. It is Monday afternoon here in Chicago and we are unaware. But I would go into it with the assumption that they're probably not going to play. I would lean more toward that than the other way. Now maybe they finally do get Levine in there. Obviously he wants to play and same with Kobe White. But again, against a team like Phoenix, is it really going to matter that much? I mean, Phoenix is finally getting healthy and they're pretty deep. And I say healthy relatively. You got DeAndre Ayton back in the mix. But you're still missing Frank Kaminsky. Cameron Payne. No Cameron Payne revenge game tonight, folks. So we don't have to worry about that. And Landry Shamet. Uh, they are going to be out for Phoenix. The concerns for Chicago. Aside from the guys we already know who are out. Zach Levine. Kobe White. Keep your eyes on Twitter. Casey Johnson always gets that first report. Great job covering the Bulls. He'll have that squared away. So the Bulls are coming off that loss, 119-108 to 108 against the Sixers. You think they could bounce back against Phoenix, a team that last played at Washington on Saturday and got the job done 95-80. to 80. And aside from that, folks, if you want some more reason, maybe not to have the homer pick with the Bulls here tonight, it's because the Suns are 20-5 and five straight up on the road this season, 16-9 and nine against the spread on the road, 9-1 straight up their last 10 games, Six and four against the spread in their last 10 game span. So the Suns have been a force to be reckoned with. We've known this. They've been absolute beasts. And it is probably going to continue tonight. The only way I would lean, and again, this is pending the injury status of Zach Levine. And if he's not playing, I would not be surprised to see the spread get up to 10. And yes, it means that he's worth a decent amount to the spread. But more so, it's because of them being on the second leg of a back-to-back, -back, coming off one of the better teams that they just faced, having to go again against arguably the best team in the league, still without a lot of your guys. Phoenix has a great defense. The Bulls are going to have weary legs. So I would not be surprised to see this spread get up to 10 or so. Double digits if Kobe and Zach are out again. If Kobe's in, eh, yeah, probably still 9.5-10 because at least he can score. What do you do with the spread and the total here, though? Because the spread opened 7.5, total opened 229. At Bet Rivers, the spread is now up to 8. Moneyline minus 335 for Phoenix. Bulls plus 270 on the buyback. The totals dipped actually down to 227.5 from the opener of 229. Look, every game's virtually going over at this point. But again, the concern is can the Bulls score enough? 
is Phoenix's defense going to limit them? Can someone else score besides DeRozan? Can he score enough after having that great performance? Can you expect that out of him again? His points prop is 27 and a half, and you know what? He probably gets over it, but it's just because he's an absolute animal. But man, it's so hard to trust anything with this Bulls team because of the situational spot and because of the injuries, and most importantly, because of their opponent tonight, the Phoenix Suns, who are fantastic defensively. I didn't get too much in the player props because when I was doing this research, um, they really weren't posted. But the one I was kind of circling out based on the matchup and who takes his shots where and where the Bulls slack. So the Bulls, as we know, they're terrible closing out three-point shots, right? I mean, they're dead last in terms of three-point defense. And their opponents are just crushing them in that category. So they're dead last. And Mikael Bridges, or not Mikael Bridges, excuse me, Jay Crowder, a majority of his shots are coming from beyond the arc. You could look at him over one and a half, three-point field goals made. It's a steep price he got to lay at minus 143. But again, that's only where he's taking his shots, really. So Jay Crowder over one and a half threes is someone I was interested in. But laying minus a buck 43 isn't the most attractive. I mean, he hasn't gone. He's gone over it the last just once out of the last four games. Um, but again, guys, otherwise, that's where a majority of his shots are coming from. And assuming, you know, the Suns are going to cruise in this game. That's where the Bulls slacked most. Jay Crowder's probably going to get some decent looks out there. So that's something I would maybe consider in terms of the player props. Vooch is at 19.5 points, shaded to the over minus 125. Interesting with the matchup against DeAndre Ayton. Uh, I, if it was at like 20.5, I'd probably lean under. But again, Vooch's points props, and I tweeted about this before the game yesterday. This really revolves around, yes, the matchup because... He completely struggled the first two games against Embiid, which we cashed on a couple of times. But more importantly, it revolves around how much production do the Bulls need from him? Meaning, is Zach Levine playing? Is Kobe White playing? If they're not, well, Butch is going to be is going to be forced to have to be uh, productive on the offensive side of the ball. He's going to have to get looks because someone else has to do it besides DeMar DeRozan. Now, if Levine is playing, if Kobe White is playing, if they're both playing, then Butch, the pressure's not as heavy on him, right? It's not weighing on him as much. He can focus more so on facilitating, spreading the floor, and limiting DeAndre Ayton on the defensive side of the ball. So if they're playing, I think you look to bet Vooch under. If they aren't playing, you know, you probably look over because of this hot streak he's on, or you just stay away from it. Or you can look at his player specials, uh, where it's a points, rebounds, and assists combined. Let me get that number really quick at Bet Rivers. Vooch is 36 and a half. He's usually at about 35 and a half. So uh, interesting spot to consider for Nikola Vucevic. But let me tell you the betting angle that I am looking at for tonight. So there are actually several. So I'll, I'll go over some of them and then I'll tell you the one that I did officially make. I told you that, I mean, we all know this. The Bulls defense stinks, right? I mean, ever since their injuries, they've been one of the worst defenses in the NBA. It's just what it's been. That's why I bet the over last night, and that's why most people probably would look to do it today. However, again, it's moving toward the under because you can't rely on the Bulls that much. You don't know if they're going to have the offense there on the second leg of a back-to-back -back after DeRozan dropped 45 with Levine and Kobe White's status up in the air. So maybe that's why the totals dip into the under, and the Suns have a great defense. But you know how much the Bulls defense slacks, so how can you make a cake on this still? Well, look at the individual total points by the Suns. For the full game, the number is at 117.5, and the juice is on the over. It's that high, and the juice is still on the over. 
Now, the Suns have only gone over 117 and a half total points themselves in 14 out of 52 games. And coincidentally enough, the Bulls have only allowed 14 opponents over this mark out of 53 games. But since January 1st, the Bulls have played 20 games, and in that 20-game span, they have allowed their opponent to get over 117 and a half team total points in eight out of those 20 games. So uh, something to consider if you do want to, or if you are expecting this to be a higher scoring game and you're like, well, I don't, I can't rely on the Bulls that much for the reasons that we stated, but the Suns, they got a day off in between. They're hot. The Bulls defense has been bad. They're getting healthier for Phoenix. Then maybe you could look at that route. But also, maybe the Suns could absolutely dominate early. They rest some of their starters, and the offense isn't coming is in as much abundance as it typically would. What about the first half? Bulls tired out of the gate. I mean, they'd be tired the whole game, but you get my point. Slow start, a little bit rusty. Their total points for the first half is 57.5. Steep one, steep one indeed, but it is still shaded to the over minus 124, the under minus 107. The only way I would play this would be to the over. I mean, Phoenix in their last five first halves, their total scores have been 74, 50, 65, 61, and 59. So they've gone over 57 and a half in their last four out of five games. Again, this is for their individual team total in the first half. All right, well, let's look at the Bulls defensively. Let's go a little bit further. Their last six games. What have the Bulls opponents scored on the Bulls the last six games in the first half, the Bulls have surrendered 61, 62, 54, 63, 65, 63 again. So the last five out of six opponents in the first half have gone over this prop mark of 57 and a half first half points, which is the number we are seeing for the Phoenix Suns tonight. Hard not to look over, folks. But let me go even a little bit shorter here in terms of the number. We could do the full game. We could do the first half. But let me interest you in the first quarter. 28 and a half is the number. Juice is even a little bit higher, about minus 130 to the over. Folks, I'm playing this thing over. I think it's going to be kind of a brutal start for the Bulls right out of the gate. Again, I was at that game. They came back a couple of times from a 17-point deficit, cut it to four. The Rosen dropped 45. Like, these guys are going to be pretty exhausted coming into the spot, especially if the reinforcements of Zach Levine and Kobe White are not there. But let's look into the stats. The Suns are averaging 29 first-quarter points per game. That's third best in the association. Let's look more recently. How about the last three games? What's that sample size like? Over the last three games, the Suns are averaging 34 first quarter points per game. That's number one in the NBA, folks. On the road, home and road splits. What do they average on the road? Maybe they're not as good on the road. Well, they're still putting up 29 first quarter points per game away from home is Phoenix. And that puts them fourth best in the NBA. So you got to think this team's pretty good in the first quarter. All right, all right, all right. Well, what about the Bulls defensively, right? Maybe they're a little bit better. They have more energy, you know, consistently in the first quarter. All right, well, let's look at the stats. Bulls are allowing opponents to score 27.7 first quarter points per game. Guys, that ranks 22nd. Let's look at the more recent sample size, the last three games. You know where this is going. Over the last three games, the Bulls have allowed their opponents to average 31 first quarter points per game. 
bad enough to put him 27th out of 30 teams in the National Basketball Association. All right, well, what about their home and road splits? They probably, you know, the momentum of the crowd, all the energy, they play better defensively at home. No, 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 they don't. On the road, they're surrendering 27 first quarter points per game. But at home, the Bulls are giving up 28.4 first quarter points per game. The home and road splits do not benefit the Bulls at the United Center. So, not great. Not great right away. 28 and a half is high. Laying about 30 to the over is pretty high. But there is some validity for looking that direction. The last six games, the first quarter totals for Phoenix has 39, 33, 30, 39, 23, and 40. So the last six first quarter totals for Phoenix are averaging 34 points per game in the first quarter. They've gone over the mark of 20, 28 and a half first quarter total points in the last five out of six first quarters. Then you look at the Bulls defensively in the first quarter. They have allowed their opponents the last six games, 34, 33, 26, 33, 35, 29. That gets you an average of 31.7 first quarter points per game for the Bulls opponents. And they have allowed five out of the last six opponents to get over this prop mark of 28 and a half tonight. You factor all of that in. You factor in that they're on the second leg of a back-to-back and might be missing key pieces. I think the Suns can absolutely get over 28 and a half first quarter points. Minus 130. That's the bet I made. Now, you could look at the total points for the Bulls themselves at 109.5. It's shaded to the over minus 122, and they have gone over that in 30 out of 53 games this season, ladies and gentlemen. And since January 1st, they've gone over it in 13 out of 20 games. But the Suns can counter anything the Bulls can attack, and again, especially if they are without Zach Levine and Kobe White. Suns have only allowed opponents over this mark in 18 games, though, but they have allowed opponents over this mark in the last four out of five games being Minnesota, San Antonio, Brooklyn, Atlanta, and Washington they played, but the Wizards actually stayed under. But look, Phoenix ranks second in defensive points per possession at 105.9. They rank fourth in defensive effective field goal percentage at 51%. They can counter anything the Bulls can do. They're third in defending the rim, uh, excuse me, in terms of shot frequency and accuracy. They're 10th at the rim. They're 15th mid-range, eight from three. So this team ain't too shabby, I'm telling you. And Phoenix's defense, um, like we were saying with the half court, let me find their half court defense is fourth best. The Bulls half court offense is fourth best. So they, I'm telling you, they counter everything. Phoenix's defense and transition ninth. Bulls are third, but you know Levine's a big part of that transition offense. If he's not there, it's no bueno for Chicago. So overall, this is what I'm saying. You know, maybe if you don't want to lay the high price with Phoenix, if you're trying to be an objective better, wait for in-game. Maybe the Bulls can make it close, and you can get either a relatively appropriate money line price on them or a shorter spread number. You could look at the Jay Crowder prop over three or over one and a half three-point field goals made. Bulls are terrible in defending the three, guys. We have talked about this. They are not good when it comes to defending from beyond the arc. That was very apparent, very apparent, uh, yesterday against the Sixers, they could not close out for squat. 37.3%, 30th in the NBA, Chicago defending all three-point shots. Not good at all. The Suns do love shooting from mid-range. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, they love doing it. I would assume it will be interesting to see who he can lock down, how he can lock him down. That'll be a guy to watch tonight. He's fun to watch every single night, but especially against these marquee matchups. 
But overall, it stinks. It does. Because you want to see this Bulls team healthy or even relatively healthy being Levine and DeRozan out there. It's not really the case. So I wouldn't get your hopes up too much, guys. It's a tough matchup. Realistically, I would lean toward the Suns. But overall, the bet that I am making, Phoenix Suns over 28.5 first quarter total points. So that's what I got for tonight for the Suns and the Bulls. Uh, really quick before we move on. I wanted to talk about, you know, with the trade deadline coming up, I know there's all these rumors, speculations, and people wanting a guy like Jakob Pertl, uh, the center for San Antonio. And apparently, the rumor from Mark Stein, I think he said, that the Bulls reached out. The Spurs basically said, no, thank you. That would be a huge piece, and that would be fantastic. Like, that would be incredible. What would you have to give up? Well, you probably got to give up, what, a Kobe White and a first-round pick, something like that. Maybe first-round second I don't know, something like that. Dennis Schroeder, his name's been coming up a lot. That seems like one that actually might come to fruition. Also might have to depart with a Kobe White. Schroeder, he's not going to help you out defensively, but if you have enough faith that when Caruso and Lonzo Ball and Patrick Williams come back and you don't have to give up any of those guys and Io can still contribute defensively, then you can get away with that in return for Schroeder providing valuable offensive production off the bench in the postseason with some experience. Okay, I don't hate that. But again, the biggest necessity is a big guy like a Yaka Pearl. He would be fantastic. That is what you need in the postseason. You need a guy who can bang down low, pick up those fouls, try to limit a guy like Joel Embiid so all the pressure is not on Booch and he can spread the floor himself. Tony Bradley ain't cutting it. He's getting a little bit better. I've given him a lot of grief. He's getting a little bit better. But you need a guy like an Enos Cantor. I'm not saying I want him, but a type like that who can do that in the postseason. Daniel Tice, you had him briefly last year, now you don't. Thaddeus Young, he wasn't big enough for State, but he was, he was gritty. He got the dirty work done against guys like Embiid, or relatively well enough. Again, you need someone to help relieve the pressure off of Vooch because he gets exposed against matchups like Joel Embiid, who dropped 40, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. You need that, desperately. And AK and company know that. But going for Pirtle, I love it. Doesn't seem like it's going to happen, though, which is a bummer. We'll see, though. We'll keep you updated here. We'll keep you updated on my Twitter, at DannyBurke5, if you want to follow your boy. Um, coming up next, so let's talk a little bit of Bears. We got some added personnel. The list just keeps growing and growing. And how about in the state of Wisconsin? Who is the number one top-selling NFL jersey there? The answer might surprise you. We'll talk about that next here on the Chicago City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook wants you to experience rush pay. When you want to cash out your winnings, you don't want to wait two days just to get the go-ahead to withdraw your money. That's why Bet Rivers created Rush Pay. With Rush Pay, 80% of withdrawal requests are approved instantly, meaning you'll get your money faster. Why wait? Get your cash when you want it. Bet with a winner. Bet with Bet Rivers Sportsbook at betrivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide volunteer self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. 1-800-426-2537. Okay, welcome back to it. Part two of this Monday edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. We were talking Bulls. We were talking bets for the Bulls, or really against the Bulls, but for the Bulls game. Uh, let's talk a little bit of perspective and personnel for the Chicago Bears team. But before we get into the new additions, let's talk about a couple other things revolving around the Bears. Not necessarily of a direct impact on their team, but things that relate. I told you... Uh, about Wisconsin and 
who their top-selling NFL jersey was. The answer might surprise you. Surprised me. And it's awesome and hilarious to see. Courtesy of Lids, in terms of their jersey sales, Justin Fields was the top-selling NFL player jersey in the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> How about it? It doesn't mean anything to the Bears having success, no, but it's still hilarious to talk about, and you can rub it in to the face of your Packers friends. I know we all have them, family members, whoever they may be. They'll be like, shut up, you can't beat us. You'll be like, yeah, well, your quarterback's going to leave, and also our quarterback was a top-selling NFL player jersey in your state. The tides are turning, baby. That's what we're hoping. But I thought that was pretty funny to see and cool to see. Justin Fields already getting some clout in the uh, cheese state, and look, Dairy State, whatever, but you get my point. Justin Fields, baby, making headways. Hopefully he can continue to do so. Speaking of a uh, man related with the Bears, getting some good steam around him, Lovey Smith. Did not wake up this morning thinking I was going to be talking about Lovey Smith. I'll tell you that much. But it looks like Lovey Smith will be the next head coach of the Houston Texans. And along with him, Pep Hamilton, who is arguably in consideration for the Bears quarterback's coach position, is looking to be his offensive coordinator. He's already been with Houston. I mean, Lovey was the defensive coordinator for the Texans. Um, Interesting hire to me. Very interesting hire. I Look, let me start this off. There's nothing against Lovey Smith. I think, for the most part, he is universally loved by Chicago Bears fans, right? I, I think everybody has an appreciation for Lovey Smith what he was able to do and the success he was able to bring in a consistent way to the Chicago team. Sorry, I'm kind of pausing a little bit because I'm trying to scroll and find this one tweet. But nevertheless, again, the Texans going in this route is weird to me. It's a little bit odd. First of all, I've been pretty vocal about the sense of not wanting co or teams to go in the direction of defense, right? I think the smartest thing is to go a little bit more offensive-minded, right? I get that Lovey Smith has the experience, and I get that what he did at the University of Illinois doesn't necessarily reflect what's going to happen in the NFL, and he's already been with Texans, blah, blah, blah. I, I get all that. But it's just so weird the process that Houston has taken. So the first thing that's funny is that they really wanted Josh McCown. That's been apparent. The report was that they wanted other teams to interview him so they could get more validity behind them wanting to interview him. For reference, Josh McCown has literally zero coaching experience. And I mean zero. So that's where they're like, come on, someone else interview him so we don't look like complete buffoons. <laughs> like, What are you doing? So then David Coley takes over, and everybody's kind of perplexed, scratching their head. Why isn't he just going to remain your head coach? Also, why isn't he getting other head coaching considerations? It's a story for another time. But what he was able to do with that crap roster, crap organization, crap season, and below-average quarterback in Davis Mills and turn him into something, you got to applaud the guy. Amazing. I would rather have that than Lovey Smith at this point. You had not only Coley there, who was already getting your offense actually in a respectable position if you bring in a decent quarterback, but there were better names, in my opinion, out there. Being Brian Flores, of course, and Byron Lefwich. 
And Byron had the chance uh, for the Jacksonville job, but he didn't really like the owner or the GM or whatever it was. I think it was for Jacksonville more so than Miami. I might be getting it mixed up, but he did have it, wanted to kind of bring in his own GM, didn't like the one that was in there, blah, 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 all that stuff. So whatever. But it's just, I don't know. And again, I got all love for Lovey Smith. And I feel like most Bears fans do. And most people around the league universally respected and loved guys. Very great guy. Awesome man. But does that mean he's going to work in today's NFL with this Houston Texans team? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think that's the right move. And if you were going to go defensive, again, I will take you back to Brian Flores. And I get Brian Flores is amid this whole NFL debacle right now. And it's kind of seems like it would be impossible for him to get hired right away from that. Uh, or during that, rather. But still, before this cycle. This is just showing you the Texans are in shambles right now. That That's what it is. I'm just scratching my head at it. I just don't know if that's going to work out. I'll root for Lovey, unless he's playing the Bears, but I just can't see that working. Let me know what you think, though. Cool to see him back as a head coach. I think his best days are behind him, and he's going to be set up for failure with this crap team that is Houston. And the only way they could get better immediately would be to go offensive-minded or a guy that has dealt with arguably as crappy of a roster and is still at winning seasons. Ding, ding, ding. That is one Brian Flores. Offensive-minded, Coley, who was already your coach, or Byron Leftwich. What the hell are you doing, Houston? I don't know. It's shocking to me. But good for Lovey Smith, and congratulations, my man. Welcome back to head coaching in the NFL. Um, some other news around the head coaching, not head coaching, but just coaching carousel in general. Rich Basaccio will not be coming to the Chicago Bears. He will be the special teams coach for the Packers, who had a terrible special teams unit this past season screwed them against the 49ers and you knew it was going to bite them and it inevitably did so Basaccio will be the special teams coach for the Packers special teams coordinator whatever you get what I'm saying so good hire for the Packers I think that'll be pretty well to shame the Bears didn't get him but the Bears did get their new special teams coordinator Richard Hightower so he's 41 years old um returns to the Bears for a second stint Served as assistant special teams coordinator in 2016 on John Fox's staff under special teams coordinator Jeff Rogers. So Hightower has 15 years of NFL coaching experience, including the last five seasons as a 49ers special teams coordinator. However, what's a little bit sketch, 49ers special teams was not that good. And I see people pointing out like, oh, well, that's the reason they are. Uh, Beat the Packers because they blocked a punt. Okay, cool. One block punt against the worst special teams unit in the NFL. DVOAY special teams, he actually got worse year after year after year after year. I'm not going to cry about it too much. I'm not going to sulk. You know, hopefully the personnel around the special teams unit is good enough for him to have a successful one. And again, when you have a head coach like Eberflus, I think you can get away with not having the utmost coordinators, you know, or the top coordinators as you would want if you had an offensive-minded coach. Like Eberflus will oversee it if something goes wrong. So I'm not too worried about that. So, aside from that, speaking defensively, James Rowe added as the defensive backs coach. They hired him on Friday as their DB coach, served as Colts cornerback, uh, cornerbacks coach in 2021. He's the third assistant that Matt Eberflus has added to his staff from the defense that he previously coordinated. As we know, Alan Williams taken over um, in the secondary as well, or obviously for defensive coordinator, but he did secondary work with Indianapolis. And then Dave Borgonzi, linebackers coach, uh, he is also part of that squad. Remember, 2021, Colts ranked second in the NFL with 33 takeaways, tied for third with 19 interceptions. 
And uh, Indianapolis quarterback Kenny Moore the second. I'm taking this from what Larry Meyer writes on Bears.com. That's where he has all this great info. Uh, he entered the league as an undrafted free agent in 07, was selected to the Pro Bowl in 2021. Wow, it's a long time. After tying career highs with four interceptions, 13 pass breakups, and recording a career best, 102 tackles. Attribute that as much as you want to James Rowe, but that is just some of the info out there. Finally, the other coach added on to the team. Bears hired Jim Dre as a tight ends coach. Dre, who's 35 years old, only 35, played eight NFL seasons as a tight end with the Cardinals from 2010 to 2013. And in 2017, he was also part of Cleveland with the Browns from 14 to 15, Bills in 2016, and then a little bit with the 49ers in 2017. So he had 56 passes or catching 56 passes, 605 yards and three touchdowns. Dre began his coaching career in 2018 at Stanford, his alma mater, as an offensive assistant from New Jersey, spent the past three seasons in the NFL as an offensive quality control assistant with the Browns in 2019. And then with the Cardinals from 2020 to 2021, uh, you saw Zach Ertz have high praise about him on Twitter. So hopefully you get some high hope for this guy helping out the tight end position for the Bears because we know they got a handful of them. That's for sure. Let's hope they can develop one Mr. Cole Komet, which I think they absolutely can. But that's really all there is around the neck of the woods for the Chicago Bears. Again, Justin Fields, top dog in Wisconsin. Lovey Smith, new top dog in Houston. <laughs> I, again, that's a little perplexing to me, but can't not be happy for the guy. Brought happiness to a lot of Bears fans. Don't know if you could say the same for fighting Illini fans, but for the state of Illinois, consensus agreement would probably be content with Lovey Smith. And they'll probably be content because I think the Bears get to face the Texans this season at home. Bears will get a dub in that game. Early prediction, baby. You heard it here first. Yeah, not like everyone else was predicting that. All right, that's going to wrap it up, guys, for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented. By Bet Rivers, as always, I am Danny Burke, and you can follow me on Twitter at DannyBurke5. Catch my show Rush Hour throughout the week, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time. Marquee Sports Network, Fubo TV, Slink TV, the Xfinity app, YouTube TV, iHeartRadio. So wherever you get your podcasts available, look at VEASAN Best Bets, V-S-I-N. You go to VEASAN.com, download the VEASAN app itself, or say what's up at the Bet Rivers Sportsbook, because that is where we broadcast live out of monday through friday but thank you again as always for tuning in hopefully we have a great week folks hopefully the bulls can make it competitive maybe not in the first quarter so we could cash our ticket but after that let's see some uh let's see some enthusiasm out of this Bulls squad but again thank you all for tuning in always appreciate it if you like or subscribe because then you get notified when the show is released right away you can get the info as soon as possible and hopefully punch in those tickets and cash them as well along the way so again best of luck and until tomorrow take care folks at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This 
is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.